Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. We got five games today on Saturday, August 8th, little weekend slate, but unfortunately, even though we got a five-game slate, normally when we get these five-game slates, they're gracious enough like yesterday to start them at 4 p.m. East Coast time, get a nice part of your day. They're starting them at 1, I get it, it's the weekend, people are hanging out, maybe you're at some outdoor restaurants, quote-unquote bars that might be open in your area, or you're just hanging out with some friends, you got some basketball games all afternoon, so I like that, right? Uh, but my schedule is pushed back because I just ran 12 miles, so I have to build out an hour and a half just to run it, half hour to shower and all that stuff, a little bit before a stretch, so I'm behind right now, and I don't have a lot of time for this to get shelf life, if you will, actual be viable to use when the slate starts at 1.30. People are going to only watch this until probably midway through the games, right? Maybe some late swaps, people playing some showdowns. So it really does help if you hit the like button on this video. It lets it reach more people even more than more days because by the time I get this video up, it's probably going to be close to 10, 10.30, only a couple hours of shelf life. But I figured it'd be worth doing it. Do a quick little 15-minute video about half the time as usual. Cover the injury news. A lot of the Vegas odds aren't even out yet. They're probably going to come out any minute. Only one is, so we're really not going to stop there. We'll take a quick look at pace and then we'll go to my early interest for today. Appreciate it if you can hit that like and the big old subscribe button that's popping up right now. We are about 50 subscribers away from 24,000. We'll be moving out of our MJ and LeBron range of the 23,000 into the 24,000 into our Kobe range where it's going to be a great time. So let's get there as soon as possible. 50 subscribers today. I think we can do it. So I appreciate all of you that are going to be subscribing from this video or maybe even word of mouth marketing telling your friends. So let's get into it with the injury dashboard. Then we'll look at the target offense sheet. Again, no real Vegas odds yet, but we'll look at some matchups, potentially all the pace metrics, and then we'll get into my early interest. And today, the injury and status dashboard is brought to you by Superdraft. $10 for free upon Superdraft when you deposit your your first deposit using the promo code Sal. That's my name, S-A-L. Get $10 over there in the multiplier format. I do have projections over on my Patreon, not only for DraftKings, but also SuperDraft. So if you're staying informed, whether it's just through these videos or taking that next step to even be more informed and more advanced than most people in these contests and actually having SuperDraft projections, well, first off, you get an edge because these contests aren't filling yet because it's not as popular of a site yet. They're, they're growing their marketing brand, their brand in general. Love the site, been playing over there a ton. A lot of people in the Discord are getting a lot of activity over there and talking yesterday, some guy winning like seven days in a row over there, whatever it was, eight days in a row now. So go over there. These contests aren't filling. And if you have projections, it's going to help you out a lot. You get those projections on Patreon, or you can just use these videos. They can help you out for sure. Promo code SAL, S-A-L, will get you that. They're sponsoring the Injury and Stanish dashboard today. And if we start in Dallas and go by the teams here in alphabetical order, Seth Curry is going to be questionable and Dorian Finney-Smith will be questionable. Curry missed the last game. You saw an increase kind of all across the board, like Jackson, Berea, Burke. These guys all saw some run off the bench. DeLon Wright didn't, even though I thought he would. Tim Hardaway Jr. got a little bit of extended run. So the minutes kind of got all over the place there. But if Dorian Finney-Smith, a guy who's averaging 30 minutes per game this year for Dallas is also out, Jackson's going to get even more run. Kleber's going to get even more run. These guards, maybe they play a little bit more smaller, which they typically normally do anyways, and they're going to get even more run, whether it's Tim Hardaway Jr. stabilizing at 35 minutes, whether it's Berea and Burke, Burke playing 30 minutes last game, counting on that again, right? Uh, you might actually get Kleber touching 30 minutes. Jackson can actually touch into the mid-20s if you're not going to get Finney Smith's 30 minutes of play out there. So keep an eye on that. Those guys, Jackson, would probably start to become more interesting. And also Trey Burke on somewhat of the cheaper end. In Denver, it's the exact same guys. Put it on repeat. Uh, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Will Barton. Harris and Barton have not yet played in the bubble. They are both going to be listed out for today yet again. So Monty Morris, Michael Porter Jr., who's had 50 plus fantasy points in three straight games. We'll take a look at him in a second. PJ Jozer, Dory Craig, all get bumps there. Jamal Murray, questionable again with a hamstring. You just don't play around with these hamstring things, but he has missed now up to like two weeks, week and a half. So if he does indeed play, I expect him to be limited, which then does hurt now Michael Porter Jr., who is out actually up in the 7K range. Monty Morris, only $4,400. So if Murray's out, Morris is still fine yet again. Michael Porter Jr. is continuing to be fine as the best player right now in the Nuggets. Obviously not better than Jokic long term, but just over the last three day window, the best 
best player on the Nuggets from a fantasy perspective. In Indiana, you have Miles Turner questionable and you have TJ Warren questionable. So these are like two of the biggest guys left on this team, right? Obviously, no Sabonis for out indefinitely. You still have Victor Oladipo, somewhat on a minutes limit, not really at this point, playing close to 30 minutes a night. Brogdon's still dealing with the neck, but seems to be fine at this point, playing upper 30s or mid, low to mid 30s in minutes right now. But if Miles Turner is out, obviously, you have no Sabonis, you have no, no Turner, so you have to go down to Goga, right? Goga probably gets to start at center, who he's been dealing with his own injuries, but he should be back. So keep an eye on that. Goga against the Lakers would actually become just because of the price point and likely the minutes into the mid to upper 20s, low, mid, upper 20s, somewhere in there for him at that price point at center would look good. Their other options at center would be to put Jakar Sampson there, which they normally put him at power forward, which if TJ Warren is out where he has been playing at power forward lately, if he is out, then you might actually get a front court of Jakar Sampson and Goga, which does not look good for the Pacers. But for fantasy purposes, you get some quote unquote value there. Although Jakar Sampson is not a very good basketball player, neither is TJ Leaf. Joe Goga is at least decent for a spot start, but it all is going to come down to price and playing time. So keep an eye on Turner, keep an eye on TJ Warren. I would have some interest in Turner, although he's the most expensive that he has been in a while because he's just playing decent. Uh, but if they're both in, probably not going to have interest in them. If they're both out, obviously the replacements become more appealing, but probably the guy who becomes most appealing becomes Malcolm Brogdon, becomes Victor Oladipo. The usage spikes go up, the assist percentage, just overall having the ball in their hands for a cheap price point of Brogdon of just $6,900 a day looks pretty nice. For the Clippers, it's just Pat Bev. He's going to be out today with a calf. Lou Will has been limited to around 20 minutes. I expect that maybe we get a little bit of a bump. You have to just wait on news there. But either way, he's going to play 20 minutes. Maybe he gets a bump up, gets to 24 minutes. Reggie Jackson, Landry Shaman, Ronnie Magruder, all those guys will get more run. For the Lakers, LeBron and Kuzma missed the last game. They're both questionable. LeBron has that groin injury. Look, if LeBron's out, you know what to do. Anthony Davis looks a little bit better there, although he only played 30 minutes in the last game, maybe limiting him a little bit. But Kuzma looked very good in the last game. He probably gets the biggest bump. Quinn Cook's going to get a lot more usage, even if just one of these guys is out, whether it is LeBron or Caruso. And if it is both of them, once again, Quinn Cook, who played 30 plus minutes in the last game, you expect him to get close to that again. Deion Waiters didn't perform nice in the last game, but he still got 25 minutes. So keep an eye on it. If LeBron is out, I'll have increased interest in Kuzma. AD will just kind of be neutral because I don't think he's going to get a full 35 minutes of play. Maybe he will. We'll have to see on what the reports are there. Cook becomes more interesting. If both of these guys are out, I want a lot of Kuzma. I want a lot of Cook. I'll even get a good amount of waiters as people probably don't jump to him. They'll jump to Cook. For Miami, a lot of things to point out here for Miami. Jimmy Butler's out yet again with a foot injury, right? Dragic, who missed the last game, is out, is questionable now with an ankle injury. And you have Kendrick Nunn left the bubble. So Kendrick Nunn left the bubble for a personal matter. I didn't really look into it. I don't know if it was a family issue. I don't know what it ended up being. I assume so, something along those lines. But you were down a lot of bodies. So here's a couple of things. We'll talk about these guys in your early interest, but just with these guys being out, with Butler and Nunn already being out, and Dragic's questionable, it's going to be a big upgrade for Bam, who's still in the high 7k range it's obviously going to be a huge upgrade for Drogix when all these guards are out he is the highest fantasy point per minute producer at 1.2 even above Bam on this team it's going to be a big upgrade for a guy in Hero who pushes a fantasy point per minute and probably is going to have to just out of necessity play 30 or 30 plus minutes Duncan Robinson not the highest usage player but it'll take more shots Andre Iguodala is going to still be out there getting even more usage and even more time at a fair price point so yeah even with just Butler and just none out all those guys are appealing and then if Drogix goes out well then yeah just fire up all the Iggy fire up all the hero that you can the bams the duncan robinsons get all of them even going down to other positions at power forward like jay crowder all of it starts to look really appealing in phoenix still no kelly Oubre, still no aaron baines so with no Oubre, bridges is going to continue to start play 32 plus minutes cam johnson is playing huge 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 minutes i mean we're, we're getting 40 38 36 out of cam johnson he's still in the low 5k range we were on him since the start since before his first big game of 40 points i'm going to continue to stay on him sarge to an extent will get some run no baines just means kaminsky gets more backup center minutes means that you get more sarge at the backup of the four behind Johnson. So it's just a little bit of a rotation. Maybe Aiton is forced to just play like 36 minutes instead of 34 now. And then in Portland, no, it's on Whiteside. He's just been backing up Nurchich now. So you're probably going to get Zach Collins getting some backup center minutes, which is good for Collins, right? More usage at the center. You're going to get Nurchich just playing his normal run at center for 32 minutes or so. I don't think they're going to extend him any longer just because Whiteside's not there. I think more so you just 
get Collins now moving behind Nurchich. Heading into the target offense sheet today, and there's still no Vegas odds. I don't, I don't believe any of the Vegas odds. I'll check right now on my end if they're going to be updated, but the Vegas odds are still not updated outside of just the first game on the slate at one o'clock today. So the rest are probably going to come out shortly after that. And the first game on the slate is going to be a decent one in Portland and the Clippers. Uh, so what you get out of the Vegas total here is a good one, 232 and a half, three and a half point favorites for the Clippers. It's going to be the second best pace environment. The last game on the slate between Dallas and Milwaukee will actually be the best because Milwaukee is just the highest paced team on the slate and Dallas has a, a slightly around the average pace overall. So it's going to be the second highest paces, but 104 and a half possessions per team is what I'm projecting here. And that's why you're getting a pretty nice total of 232 and a half, 118 team total for the Clippers, a 114 and a half team total for Portland. Portland's going to have the best advantage probably in this matchup going up against the center position. So Nurchich is going to have a really nice advantage here against Zubak and whoever else they want to throw out there. If they want to go small ball with guys like Jermichael Green and Marcus Morris, it's going to be a good advantage for Nurchich. Obviously, Dame's now 10K. Dame just went off tying a career high or an NBA record, whatever it was for 11 three-pointers for the Portland Trailblazers for their team records. He looked absolutely insane. Obviously, don't expect that again. But yeah, I do think that Dame's okay. Like there's not a lot of 10K guys I like, whether because they're injured, like LeBron potentially, or minutes restrictions or potential limits like Giannis and AD. So I like Luca all the way up top that we'll get to him as well. But then it's just by default a Dame if I had to pick another one at that point. But Nurchich looks good. Zach Collins getting some backup center minutes, maybe playing mid-20s, upper 20s in minutes. He looks fine as well at his price point there. On the Clippers side of the ball, you're going to have the best point guard advantage here. And for the guards, you're going to have the best matchup as it has been all year against Portland. So guys like Reggie Jackson, if he gets a spot start, if Lou Williams minutes come up, that's fine. Obviously, you can go to Kawhi if you want to. Paul George continues to be probably my favorite player from this team as he's just $8,000 flat. He's kind of priced right now at his floor to his median projection. And when he pops up for his 45 to 55 point kind of ceiling games, right? 60 point ceiling games. When he gets to those ranges, he's just priced nowhere near that. He should be an $8,500 player to $9,000. He just cracked $8,000 flat right now. So he's the guy who stands out the most. Best matchup is for the guards though on that team. On the opposite side of it, but for Portland, it's going to be Nurch's matchup going up against the centers against the Clippers, which has just been their glaring weakness now for like a year and a half to two years. Other than that though, just looking at the pace environments here, not a lot of high pace games. The rest of them are going to be slower pace. Denver and Utah should be a lower total because of the slower pace there. If you're looking at Miami and Phoenix, you know that um, Phoenix likes to push the pace a little bit, but both of these teams in general are going to be somewhat slower pace, maybe a lower total there as well. Miami just having a lot of value that's hard to ignore today. And then Dallas and Milwaukee is going to be the fast paced game because of Milwaukee and because Dallas comes in as like the fifth highest paced team on a slate of 10 games. Milwaukee comes in at number one. It's just going to naturally be the highest paced game. I expect it to be somewhere around like a 235, 236, maybe team total or game total. This is going to be a nice matchup to just get a lot of pieces of, honestly. Dallas, if they're down some bodies, you have to keep an eye out for DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith and Seth Curry. Luke, I have interest in. Porzingis is way too cheap. I have a lot of interest in him in a matchup where nobody's going to match up against him. Well, maybe Giannis takes on that task, but I don't know how long Giannis is really going to be playing hard and, and tough defense in this game. That doesn't matter for them. I expect Giannis to tap out or really max out at 30 minutes of play, maybe even 28 minutes or so, whereas I expect Porzingis and Luca to play their 35, 36 minutes. So the two studs from Dallas look fine to me. I mean, you can take shots on Trey Burke if there's still no Seth Curry. I think that that's completely fine if there's no Dorian Finney-Smith. And depending on the starting lineup, you can take some shots on Jackson at power forward spots. On the Milwaukee side, not a lot looks great here. You can go back to Giannis. If you think he plays 30 minutes, it's a fine matchup for him in any situation, 1.9, like over 2.15 fantasy points per minute in the bubble. Middleton's fairly priced, but I'm probably not going to go back there. Bledsoe minutes are kind of shaky. Brooke Lopez, I don't just normally get there. And in this matchup, not really liking it as much. So yeah, it's either Giannis or really nothing from this side of the ball. Uh, in Milwaukee, even though it's a really fast-paced environment, maybe we get some news on some players sitting, some other guys starting for this team. George Hill maybe getting another spot start, whatever it might be. That's where I get a little bit more interested. But other than that, since we have no other Vegas totals, let's just get right into the early interest now. And as we do, I'm going to factor it as I normally factor it by salary up, factor it by team this time, just to kind of hit on all the teams as once. And the early interest 
today are going to be sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight, if you use the promo code SAL NFL, that is my name, S A L, in the league, the football league, NFL, all capital, all one word, SAL NFL, you will get five free dollars. That's it. You don't even have to make a deposit. You just get five free dollars from Monkey Knife Fight. But if you do make a deposit, they'll give you a ticket to a future game and my supreme draft guide for the NFL fantasy football season upcoming. I've been spending hours on this thing. I've been spending months on this thing, really, not even hours at this point, just months on this thing. I've been working on it since, honestly, February to March, and we're still adding to it. It's constantly updated. So, yes, when Darius Geis gets dropped by the Redskins and cut by the Redskins, that is going to be constantly updated today and this weekend and all that as more news piles out. It's a ton of stuff. It's about 150 player profiles so far. It's a bunch of rankings, top 150s, tiers, key databases. There's going to be premium analysis as the August month goes on into September. All that stuff's in there, and you're just going to get that as a bonus. So if you just use the promo code, you get the five free dollars on Monkey Night Fight. Check it out. Link down below, Sal NFL. And if you make any deposit, minimum deposit of $10, you'll get an extra ticket and the Supreme Draft Guide, $30 value. So check all that out. Thank you for sponsoring this video and the Draft Guide this year. Monkey Night Fight, awesome people over there. But starting it out with Dallas up top, my interest, yeah, it's the guys I just talked about kind of, right? The studs in Luca and Porzingis. There's only a couple of guys above 10K that I even feel confident in. And it's just going to be Luca. He's averaging 1.59 fantasy points per minute, a 36.8% usage rate. This guy's just absolutely insane. A 48% assist percentage in the bubble right now. And this is a decent sample of 158 minutes. So that's really hard to ignore just in general. A 14.5% rebounding rate is tied with Porzingis. So not only is he leading the team in usage by a decent amount, for over 4% higher than Porzingis, he's leading the team in assist percentage by a whopping 30% over DeLon right after that. A whopping 30%. That's why this guy's usage in his point per minute is just insane. But then he's also up there in overall rebounding rate tied with the team lead in Porzingis. 14.7% uh, for Porzingis, 14.5% for Luka. So technically he's not tied, but we just like to say that because it sounds even better. On the season though, he's leading in all those departments. So give me Luka, 1x multiplier on Superdraft. I could take it or leave it, honestly. Porzingis also a 1x on Superdraft. Definitely don't want that there over Luka. Porzingis at $8,400. This guy's been a beast in the bubble. 1.44 fantasy points per minute. I mean, you're lucky to get like during the regular season when he was really peaking, like a 1.3. And when Luka wasn't on the court, it'd obviously be like 1.5, but like a 1.3, 1.35 at like his peak moments during the regular season when there wasn't a bubble. I know we're still in the regular season. Now he's at 1.44 fantasy points per minute. He's playing bigger minutes to like the 36 to 38 range. He has a 32% usage rate. Everything's just clicking for the guy. Even his assist percentage is up to 14%. His rebounding rate barely leads the team at 14.7%. It's hard not to like Porzingis, especially when he's averaging like 50 fantasy points, 52 fantasy points a game over the last week. And now he's priced down. His price comes down a couple hundred dollars. I like Porzingis. Trey Burke at $3,800. Trey Burke has been playing pretty decent. 0.96 fantasy points per minute while he's been in the bubble. A 17.7% assist rate is third highest on the team. He's just a guy with a 20% usage rate right now. But when Seth Curry's not on the floor, if he's going to be getting for a point or close to a fantasy point per minute guy, he's going to be getting now closer to 30 minutes instead of 18 to 20. Obviously, you like that at $3,800. I think he's probably one of the two best 3K options on the screen right now as I am or on the slate right now as I'm recording this around 9.30 a.m. Next up is going to be the Denver Nuggets where I like Nikola Jokic. $9,200 is too cheap. This is like the cheapest he's been since the bubble started when he was at $9,000. Barton's going to remain out. Gary Harris is going to remain out. If Jamal Murray is out, even better for an assist percentage for Jokic. He's averaging 1.41 fantasy points per minute, which has been some of the best numbers that we've seen out of him all year in this little bubble that we have right now. A 28% usage rate leads the team. His assist percentage is 35%, the best passing big man in the entire league. A 35% assist percentage leads this team. It's just insane. Even Jamal Murray, the point guard, is only at 22.5. So obviously that looks great. 17.6% overall rebounding rate outside of Noah Vonley, who's only played 20 minutes in the bubble. That is the highest on the team right now. So similar to Luca, he's just leading in all these major categories and he's only $9,200. And he has a tough matchup against Rudy Gobert, who is well rested from their entire team and Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and O'Neal. And I think, I think Joe Ingles all resting yesterday in the front end of the back-to-back. 
yeah, it's a tough matchup for sure. But Nikola Jokic is a three-point shooter who will get assists, who will pick up uh, things in other departments from rebounding, whereas Rudy Gobert is a traditional center who won't leave the paint. So Nikola Jokic, if anything, is the threat to Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert should be worried about having to follow him around, put a lot of efforts in on his defensive end, which will in turn affect his offensive production. So give me Nikola Jokic. Michael Porter Jr. has been an absolute monster. I mean, he's been an insane sensation. So he's been 1.15 fantasy points per minute in this bubble, but that's with a couple of games with Jamal Murray in. Again, no Will Barton or Gary Harris the entire time. He's at 1.15. That's second on the team only behind Jokic. He's at a 22% usage rate, but if we take off Jamal Murray for a couple of games and Jamal Murray was on, and this is in a pretty decent size of minutes overall in the bubble so far, when we take off Jamal Murray, it's a couple of games now, but if we overall now factor this by fantasy point per minute production, and we look at a lot of other things here, it's a decent amount of time if we look at it from the entire season, right? If we look at it for the whole season without Jamal Murray on the court, Michael Porter Jr. in 636 minutes, a 1.2 fantasy point per minute producer, 22% usage rate. Now, if we look at it just since the bubble has started, because it's been very good and it's going to be weighted by these last three games pretty heavily, but that's why I gave you the bigger sample of the entire season to show you as a 1.2 guy in these last couple of games, 1.32 fantasy points per minute and 138 minutes in the bubble without Jamal Murray on the court, Will Barton or Gary Harris. 1.32 is only behind Jokic, who's at 1.39. He's seeing a 25% usage rate. So the highest usage rate he's ever seen in his career. He's never an assist percentage guy, just 7% there, but the rebounding rate is very nice at 16.7%. It's second on the team behind only Mason Plumley. So although the price point is raising, even if Murray's in, he still like has value there. It's just, he's overpriced at that point, uh, but it's still not like he can't go off. But if Murray's out again, yeah, this is like an $8,000 player right now, just based on what he's been doing, which sounds crazy. Tough matchup yet again, of course, but I still have interest there. Malcolm Brogdon at 6,800. You're just going to see him push for a 40% usage rate if there's no Turner and really no Warren. If there's no Warren, I'm fine. If Turner's out there, I think that actually helps Brogdon a little bit more. But if there's no Warren out there, it's even better for Brogdon. Even if all these guys are in, if Warren's in, if Turner's in, $6,900 is too cheap for a guy going out there and playing 33, 34 minutes a game. Now seems fully healthy from recovering from that neck injury. So looks good at 6,900. The Michael Porter Jr., uh, 1.65x multiplier in Superdraft. If there's no Murray, looks also really good. I'll call that out. Again, Superdraft, you can get the code SAL, 10 free dollars linked down below. Heading over to the Lakers now. So a lot of my interest in the Lakers is going to come from the value. Guys below $5,500. It's going to start with Kuzma. Kuzma's been playing pretty well. 0.85 fantasy points per minute since he's been in the bubble. That's an 141 minute sample since the bubble has started. So 18% usage rate. But the only reason I want Kuzma is if LeBron is out. So don't give me Kuzma if he's not out. If LeBron's out, $5,400 is fine. 1.8x multiplier on Superdraft is good. Deion Waiters, since he's entered the bubble, has looked very good. A 0.8 fantasy point per minute producer for the price point of being $4,000 flat for a guy who's probably going to see 25 minutes, 24 minutes, we'll call it at a minimum today. If there's no Caruso and no LeBron, even if he, there is, he's going to see like 22 to 24 still with the upside of seeing around 30, depending on how well Quinn Cook plays. And Quinn Cook at just $3,200. If there's no Caruso, if there's no LeBron, either way, like if there's just no LeBron, Quinn Cook will get some run 20 minutes or so. If there's no Caruso, you start to get closer to that 30 minutes that he saw last time out. He's not a good fantasy point per minute producer, but he's only played 96 minutes in the bubble. He's averaged less than 0.7 fantasy points per minute. But again, a lot of that's as a backup. A lot of it's not as the primary point guard. So if you're getting 30 minutes at 0.75, or maybe he has a good game and it's a 0.8 range, it obviously pays off $3,200 on a slate that at least right now, there's a lot of value. It's like a balanced slate. There's just not a lot of uh, high up options that at least seem trustworthy. But at least right now, guys in like the 3K range don't really stand out all that much besides Trey Burke and Quinn Cook. Heading into Miami's players now, I like him a lot. So Bam at $7,400, it's just way too cheap. He got in foul trouble in the last game. He averages 1.22 fantasy points per minute with no Butler, no Waiters, no Winslow, and no none on the court, which is going to be the case today. And if Drogix is off the court, it gets even better. Uh, Hero at $5,100, price point coming up. 1.8x multiplier in Superdraft is appealing. 0.97 fantasy point per minute, but no Butler, no Waiters, no Winslow, and no none. It gets even better, although it becomes a much smaller sample if there's also no Drogix on the court. And if then if Drogix is playing, I like him. He leads the team at a 1.2 fantasy point per minute production with all those guys off the court right now. He's pretty much tied with Bam. So I like all those guys. I like all the Miami guys. I can keep going with the Miami guys and 
Kelly Olenek at 4,900, Andre Godow at 4,500, a 1.9x multiplier in Superdraft. Get all the Miami guys that you want today. I always get questions now. How many is too much? Two, three, four. Honestly, between two and three, I don't really have a stance. If you're playing five, 150 lineups, get different mixtures of it. You can have just one. You can have just four. You can have none. You can have two or three. If you're asking me for your one single lineup that you're playing, well, then I think two or three is a nice spot. I don't really want to be over leveraged with four in my one lineup unless it really fits together nicely there. And there's not, they're not all like extreme value pieces at this point, right? Like they're not all in the three or 4k range. They're starting to creep up into the 5k range a little bit with Hero and Drogic. So you're not getting extreme value. But yeah, Hero can drop 40 plus points at that price point. Drogic can drop 50 plus points at that price point. Bam can drop 55, 60 plus points at his price point. So yeah, getting to three of them, two of them, it's completely fine if you want to. I don't have a preference though. Like everybody always asks me like, what is your preference here? Like, I just don't have one. Like if the lineup looks good with two and I like other pieces, I'll go there. If it looks good with three, it depends on how you build, right? There's different ways to build depending on the other pieces of that lineup. Getting into Phoenix, Devin Booker, 8,300, pretty standard here. I like him almost every single time at these price points with all these guys out on defense even a better defensive matchup for him against or really going up against this defense for him. DeAndre Ayton's too cheap at 7,600, continues to play bigger minutes. No Aaron Baines. I don't know if that factors in too much. Like I said earlier, might just give him an extra minute or two. And then Cam Johnson, he's not going up in price. He continues to play 35 plus minutes as a decent fantasy point per minute producer. So you're going to tell me a guy who's going to average since the last three games. And right, if he didn't get in foul trouble in that first game, he's probably going to be averaging 35 to 36 minutes a game. He's played 38, 40, and 36. Well, 40, 38, and 36 in his last three games. Uh, so I have no reason to believe that he's not going to play 35 if he stays out of foul trouble, if not more here, 1.8x multiplier in Superdraft is appealing. And he's a guy who's a decent fantasy point minute producer starting at the four close to the basket. Mellow at 5,500 from Portland looks decent. Zach Collins at 4,300 potential value there as a guy who's probably going to play 20 to 22 minutes just normally. Maybe gets a couple extra minutes as he backs up center today. If he can get to 25 and plays, I don't know, 10 of those as a backup center, 15 of those as a backup center. That looks pretty appealing against a very bad Clippers team. Zach Collins is the type of guy today who can pop off for 40 points. He can pop off for 40 points in 25 or 26 minutes of play if he can get some of those center minutes in a really good match. And then from Utah, all these guys rested in their last game, but now Mike Conley is back to being less than $6,000. Mike Conley is back to playing 32 minutes. I expect today against Denver, who is not the same Denver defense that you think about when they don't have guys like Gary Harris primarily out there, Jamal Murray to an extent, Will Barton out there, right? All these guys are not out there. Torrey Craig will be out there more, which is a concern, but I think he'll be more on a Donovan Mitchell than a Mike Conley. So at 5,900, I do like that. So there you go. There's about 22 players to call out a little quick, quicker video than usual. I'm going to get this one edited up, send it out to all of you. I appreciate you all tuning into this video. Please do check out the sponsors of today's show, Superdraft, promo code sound gets you 10 free dollars upon deposit that is sal and monkey knife fight if you want a free five dollars a ticket and also my supreme draft guide you deposit over there you know you don't even have to deposit the five dollars but if you deposit you get all that stuff sal nfl all one word that's sal nfl please do hit that big subscribe button that's popping up right now ask me any questions on twitter at salvage dfs you can head over to patreon and get my projections if you indeed wish to but i will see you all in the next one